I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call into the show tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Coming to you live coast to coast all over the country. And uh, thanks to program directors that air this program. We're grateful to them. We're grateful to the various networks that facilitate our broadcast. Also to the online networks as well that help us out, like TalkStreamLive.com. Links to some of the best radio stations that air this program. Puts us at number one at night. We are the number one uh, most listened to talk show at night on TalkStream Live. And also Aftermath.fm, affiliate direct from the, from the board, uh, affiliate 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. You can listen live for free at Aftermath.fm. Aftermath.media, though, is provided for you if you miss a show or you want to hear a show at a more convenient time or you want to go back and listen to another show again. Also, we have books available and uh, we have video available, documents available, all these things that you can peruse by going to aftermath.media we have a, 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 basically a subscription that would fit any budget uh, to participate in what we call our virtual sandbox it's our our little virtual playground and we're glad to have it a lot of people enjoy it and there are a lot of people who do podcasts on it so join us at aftermath.media that's aftermath.media so the battle over the debt ceiling the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation bill rages on even into the new arena of the public toilet literally uh, I was uh, actually uh, watching, uh, I can't remember, I think it was CNN out of the corner of my eye here because we have the monitors again and we're a newsroom, so we have a lot of monitors and I'm looking at CNN and somebody was talking about how uh, Kirsten Cinema was on the campus of Arizona State University and was followed by demonstrators into a bathroom. Uh, she was followed by several members of the group who was encouraged her, basically encouraging her to support the $3.5 trillion version of the infrastructure bill. Uh, one activist who identified herself as Blanca, Blanca, meaning white, Blanca, um, she encouraged cinema to help establish a pathway to citizenship for undocumented migrants. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Okay, so we have this, this bill. We have this uh, infrastructure debt ceiling reconciliation. Oh, my God, we're going to go broke bill, right? And it's $3.5 trillion. Uh, and they 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 need to get it through, whether it takes six minutes, six days, or six weeks, or whatever. But today, I was uh, someone to draw attention to an article that I was reading that, in desperation, a trillion dollar platinum coin could be minted within hours of the Treasury Secretary's decision to do so. Again, indicating that this is a simple matter of remember what we were talking about the token economy. And I said, you know, cashless society is something that when you say it, it makes you sound like a, a, a conspiracy nut. Well, it, it's a token economy. And, and this is, you know, when we were talking about programmable currency, this token economy and this this coin, this trillion dollar platinum coin that's minted, uh, it can easily be remedied. All they got to do is print or mint coins and they're allegedly satisfying their debtors when they do so. So congressional solutions to the debt ceiling problem could take weeks to implement, especially if the Reconciliation process is used and time is running out. In case of emergency, a trillion-dollar coin could be deployed to bridge any gap between the money running out and the debt ceiling being raised. So producing a trillion-dollar eagle coin would require only the denomination to be changed. So they could take a quarter, for example, and they could say, this is worth a trillion dollars. 
and we're going to give it to you to you know, give it to the debtors. We're going to throw it to China, throw it to Russia, throw it whomever. I don't know. But they can mint a quarter coin or whatever they want to mint. And the gambit, if successful, would prevent the potentiality or the potential, this this whole idea of catastrophic debt default that thanks to congressional, uh, thanks to Congress, we see on both sides of the outlet, we're seeing this, this debt that's going to be looming over us for some time. So the U.S. Treasury is basically issuing this small platinum token, and they're giving it the face value of $1 trillion, and they're going to deposit in the Federal Reserve. So this trillion-dollar coin, programmable, this is programmable money, trillion-dollar coin would allow the government to spend money without borrowing it or raising taxes or, I mean, and, and this is such a dangerous precedent because they're already in desperation using what we talked about the other night when we were talking about the capitalist society. I mean, where's the worth from coming from with this coin? Nowhere, of course. And again, this is an example of programmable money, something that I mentioned with regard to the cashless society. And as we see, this, they're, they're now programming money to pay their debts. And it's just the beginning as we plummet to year zero. Truth is stranger than fiction, right? And the trillion-dollar Fed coin may be in play if the Treasury decides to use it to forego any of the problems with regard to the debt ceiling. I mean, we're right again. This is the beginning of the use of corrupt, worthless money that can be programmed at will by the wealthy that control us. And they can do it to pay their debts. They're going to do it for you. So you have no anonymity with your money. They'll know exactly what it's worth. They'll program it to be worth whatever. They can take away the privilege if they want to. And yet, and yet once again, most of us, when we're faced with these disturbing truths, would rather live in denial than act on it, specifically when it requires stepping outside of your comfort zone. And this is largely attributable to the fact that at any, you know, when we were early, when we were younger, a lot of people at an early age were programmed to go along with the status quo, blindly accept the truth, whatever is put before us by educators, media, parents, peers, authoritarian establishment, whatever. And this seems to happen because of the way we are preconditioned to think and behave in the best way possible. I mean, like I say, we do things because it's appropriate, right? We accept harsh and ugly realities as being authentic because they are explained to us in a palatable way. You know, sure, everything's ugly, but they're, they're, they have to, you know, use their Orwellian phrasing, their neuro-linguistic programming to get you to pay attention. See, in America today, we're living in an unbelievably contrived fiction most of uh, you know much much of this outrageous political fiction has been laid out in tv shows like house of cards and scandal and and yes we know politics is theater for the ugly but we're well aware that there is corruption and yet we adore those who lead us for some reason we stick up for them when they are criticized we treat politics as if it were a football game some people treat it like a religion right and for some crazy reason, here we have now cheerleaders that are on the sidelines encouraging our leaders to continue to disregard the Constitution and our freedoms. It's it's like it's a, it's the inner war. We're a nation that's at war. The American experiment, the, the, the nostalgic America, is gone. And whatever happens next, whatever happens next is, is, is certainly an indication of dark days ahead with a, a plate of vengeance that will be served cold to those who've tap danced on the frayed nerves of those who see themselves as patriots. 
And I hear it all the time from the phones that come into this program. People who call the program, they're angry. I mean, right and wrong here is not an issue. The fight is against what I call the paramoral threat. Paramoral threat. It's not normal morality. It's not rational. Paramoral threat that is external. And there needs to be a consolidated effort to restore what we look at as a constitutional republic. Science, politics, religion, interpersonal relationships. There's no sphere of human study, thinking, belief, or behavior, whatever, that is, isn't affected in some way by what we believe to be true or false. And that's what it all boils down to, right? And yet, doing the work to understand ourselves and, and, and to understand the world in which we live in, it's, it's hard. You know, people don't take the time to, you know, stop and think, well, what am I doing? And so that's why, you know, I hope you listen to this program because we're constantly constantly being presented with policies ideas and perspectives that present this challenge to us increasingly in in, in an increasingly significant and meaningful way and made all the more important for the intensity and widespread ramifications of what we see going on and what we can predict is going to happen in this time of widespread tyranny those who speak the truth they're the heroes. They're the true heroes. Unfortunately, many seem to end badly. They're dismissed. They're imprisoned. They're 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 censored. They're suicided. I mean, a lot of things happen to people who tell the truth. Sometimes they they um, you know they work too hard. They don't take time to rest. I mean, we've reached a point in this nation where the end apparently justifies the means, and in order to accomplish the goal of destroying our nation, an action of paramorality is in play. Ponerism is in play. Evil. The It has to be stressed that the paramorality in play is always an inversion of the prevailing morality that is also parasitic upon it. This is what Nietzsche called the slave morality. It is the morality forced upon those. They're going to be reduced to peasants. And then we're going to see an apocalyptic morality that is ever present in our, like when you watch a, a, The Walking Dead, when you're watching zombie fiction or Night of the Living Dead, you see these stories on TV where people are living the apocalyptic morality. Us against them, or we, we band together, we get the food from Alexandria, we move ourselves to the compounds, that sort of thing. And this is kind of how it's going to be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that intensive or that extensive, but certainly it's worthy of looking at to see how people react when they're forced into apocalyptic morality when they're forced into paramorality when they when they're not doing the kind of morality they're used to they have to go against their principles and many of them do it they give up their freedoms they give up their morality because either they don't want to look bad in front of their friends and neighbors or they're being pressured or they or they're just too weak to fight 503-225-0860 that's 503-225-0860 I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at Aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.